electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. Today, a conversation with actor and author Matthew McConaughey. In his best-selling memoir, Green Lights, McConaughey shares stories from his life and career, as well as his personal philosophies on work and success. McConaughey spoke to my colleague Carl Quintanilla at CNBC's At Work Summit on March 30th, 2021, an event where we focused on the future of the workplace and what it may look like when we all get back together. Here's their conversation. We've talked a lot about returning to the office safely through protocols, managing COVID. We've talked about how technology is going to alter sort of workplace culture. But I hope you won't mind if we turn to you and talk about how we're going to inspire workplace culture, how we're going to manage our differences, how we're going to create greater understanding, especially given everything we've been through in the past year, the polarization, uh, racial discussions, obviously paranoia about the disease. How much are you thinking about that? Obviously, it's, it's deeply embedded in your book, uh, and there are so many lessons that we can point to in the next few minutes. Yeah, I mean, the hope is that this last year especially has shaken our floor enough that when we do turn the page and we get our freedoms to go engage uh, again, that we don't snap right back. That hopefully this last year when we were forced to reevaluate what the hell matters to us in lives, well, in, in our own lives, uh, a year where we were forced to do that, hopefully we're going to take those reevaluations um, out of this year and evolve a little bit as people, as individuals um, as well. Um, how are we going to turn that page, though? Because things have changed. You were talking about a work-from-anywhere-anytime world. You know, I, I, it's got such major assets uh, to that. But at the same time, when our country lacks trust in leadership, lacks trust in each other, when we trust ourselves even less than ever before, boy, now we're going to go remote How do we build trust when we're becoming more remote when what we need to do, I believe, is come together? That'll be a real challenge. So you've talked a lot about this. Uh, I know you talked about it with Time Magazine a while ago. Obviously, it's it's in your book as well. This idea of um, getting to unity. But in order to get unity uh, in culture, you need to have some confrontation. You need to have some discussion. You need to be able to look at the other people, other person's point of view and, and accept it as legitimate. Right. And I wonder how much of that you think is going to be a part of coming back to work. Yeah, you, you said accept it as legitimate, even though it may not be my opinion. We've gotten to this, this spot where if you voice your opinion and it opposes mine, my gut reaction, our gut reaction is, oh, well, you must be saying that at the exclusion of mine. You must be, if you state your opinion is different from mine, we are now here, people say, oh, well, then you are illegitimate, illegitimizing mine. If, if I say I'm a believer, um, someone goes, oh, well, then you must not believe in science. 
Well, I didn't say that. No, I just said I was a believer and I believe in science. We have such contradictions. And when we start realizing that those are actually paradoxes, that both are true, that two differing opinions can exist at the exact same time, then you can have a conversation. Then you can put it on the table. Now we can discuss it. We can come away going, I still disagree, but fundamentally, principally, you and I are attached. You and I can still be attached, even though we have opposing views, saying we have similar expectations of each other, civilly, civically. Um, as people, and, and we're not doing that right now. We're illegitimizing people, and that is not the, there's no way that can be the way forward. So do you think, Matthew, do you think we're out of practice because we've been doing this remote thing? We're not in meeting rooms. We're not having large-scale get-togethers in the office where we're just not, we, 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 our muscles are, are, have atrophied in sort of handling that, that moment where we're trying to process and accept and respond to other people's conflicting points of view? I think, look, it's a muscle that'll get back in shape very quickly, but let's not let it just get back in shape how it used to be. Let's get it in better shape than it used to be. Um, it's there. <laughs> I believe it's going to be like riding a bike. But the challenge now is, look, we've had a year of limbo. And anytime you're going through a transition, you get limbo. And what do you lose in limbo? You lose identity. We need something solid to hold on to. So in this year of Limbo, when we're missing identity, we have an uncertain future more than ever before. What is the human uh, nature to do? You want to run to something, a pole to grab on and go, okay, I've got a stance here. I feel like I'm on solid ground. Well, those poles have been on the flanks on the left and the right. And I believe that some people are feeling like they're having buyer's remorse by running so far to the right and left once they hung out and sat at the table and heard opinions from people that were over there, and they're going, well, I'm a little more centric than maybe I thought I was. Maybe I ran too far right, ran too far left. Um, the muscle memory will be there. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to redefine it for the reasons I was saying earlier. The one person we have been, we have had to have the discussion with more than ever before is ourselves in this last year. Now, did we, did we get in that, in that time with ourselves where we want to exclude more people because we want to be so individual at the exclusion for, for exclusion's sake? I hope not. Hopefully we, as I said, reevaluated who we are and, and, and see that, yes, it's got to be personal, but that doesn't mean it can't be the best for the collective as well and whatever choice it is we make. Yeah. You, you, um, you've thought a lot about conflict resolution. Uh, you, you've written uh, profoundly about watching your parents try to communicate as a kid or, or struggle uh, to communicate. Uh, and you've, you've kind of come up with a, a series of lessons on how to manage all of that, how, how to manage conflict between people. I, I wonder if you can try to frame it in a way where I'm not asking you to be a, a corporate consultant here, but a way in which managers can sort of take a couple of lessons home, whether they're in HR or maybe they're just someone who, who sees some uh, direct reports reporting to them. How do you think, what can they do as people return? As people return. Well, first, I think you have to uh, consider what you said. It's going to be a bit awkward. I mean, it, it's going to be a tad awkward. So people are going to need a little amnesty to find their legs, okay, on that muscle that I believe we mm. do have muscle memory for that we'll get back. So have a little bit of, hey, don't, you know, the first day may not need to be everybody charge. No, we, we, we're all coming out of our own independent world and re, going to reunite again. So let's sit down. Maybe that first week back um, needs to be, let's sit down and talk about what we learned. That maybe is outside of business. Let's sit down and talk about um, what was your life like? Were you more productive 
remotely? How is how can you bring what you learned maybe that you got better at here to the table where we're back uh, and we're not remote any longer? I think to hear people's experiences. Everyone, people have had cathartic moments throughout this last year. Um, and maybe it'd be a good idea to sit down before we get into like, hey, let's let's check out our, our numbers on our company to sit down and say, hey, you as my employees, you as the company, what did we learn from this last year? How are we not going to snap right back to who we were? How have we evolved as a company? How can we be better as a company? How can we rebind some trust uh, with and, and, and belief and, uh, and then go now collectively, here's where we're going as a company. But maybe take that first week to sit down and hear stories. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. I wonder if you are actively discouraging tools that uh, thrive on polarization. I mean, uh, I'm in journalism, so I'm, in, I'm on social media all day long, uh, Twitter yeah. especially. But, I mean, I, I see how that affects people's behavior, and I know you do too. Are there things yeah. that you think workers should avoid? Uh, I think there's things workers should avoid that... Look, I'll say this. Let me go to a broader place. We, we as people, what we don't agree on right now that I think is the essential thing that we've got to agree on, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's just a, as humans in society, we got to agree on facts. Again, F-A-C-T-S. Uh, we're, we're, we're delusional, <laughs> delusional about what facts are. We are not even arguing from the same reality right now. Um, so if we can agree on facts, then I believe we can start building trust. Uh, trust in facts can lead to trust in others and trust in ourselves. Remember, part of that coming back to the workforce is that we're living in the most untrustworthy times. And when we don't trust our leaders and we don't trust the media and we don't trust others, we start to not trust ourselves. And that's that amnesty I'm talking about. Let's settle a minute and agree on some facts so then we can build some trust. Um, you know, if you're going to have polarization. You're going to hear it. It sells. It's the headline. It's the graphic. It's the image. We rub. That's what we love to rubberneck. We don't rubberneck when we see success and health. We rubberneck when we see disease and problems. That's human nature. But let's realize that and won't admit that. Um, because I think the, 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 most of us, and especially uh, Americans, are, are more centrist than we're giving ourselves credit for. Um, it, it just doesn't, it, we're not being sold that. We're not being told that or in, a, in a way to believe that. We're not being fed that through, through media and tools. We're not getting, you don't get more likes unless it's something that is uh, sensational or, 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 or um, uh, you know, fetishized. You, you don't get more headlines because it doesn't sell. Now, let's admit that first, but that doesn't mean that needs to define who we are and what we need to do and what we expect of ourselves. So you're getting now to a really interesting point, uh, and that is leadership in this country, whether it's corporate, whether it's political, 
I wonder if you think that playbook that has been used in recent years where you're trying to get people to rubberneck and get attention, is that you do you think that is still the predominant playbook and leadership or are we getting closer to a place where where it seems you're trying to go? And that is being aggressively centrist in your words, thinking about the we and not the me. No, look, the the, uh, the, the the rubbernecking and the mudslinging still sells, baby. We know that. It sells. Um, and as long as, you know, and I get it, um, I'm, I'm, I have fame and I have money, but as long as more money at whatever cost and fame at whatever cost is the top two priorities of what we deem you to be successful for, how you win a blue ribbon, how you get a gold medal, bank account only, forget the souls account. As long as that's the measuring stick, if that's at the height, well, in the end, we're all going to lose. And then mind you, I'm for money and I'm for fame. But how we get those things, how we treat others, how we treat ourselves, fills the souls account along the way. And that's long-term ROI that I think CEOs need to double down on more. Um, we've seen in the last year CEOs be much more functional than, than the government in many ways. So our CEOs ready to take the responsibility to say, hey, I'm going to pay my tithe. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give back to the, uh, the, 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 the shareholders and the stakeholders. I'm going to pay back to the city that I'm in, I, that I moved to um, because I left a place that I didn't want to be, and I don't want to turn this city into why I left that one. Uh, we're dealing with that in Austin, Texas. You don't come here trying to ch- turn this place into why you left where you came from. Um, so CEOs <laughs> are, are, are in a position of more power right now than I think they ever have been to lead where we're going to go. Um, as a people and as a country. Yeah. You know, I know you, you're a graduate of UT, like my dad, um, and you know Texas well, and, and you're talking about the flow from California and, and New York to some degree. I've got buddies who have moved to Austin along with everybody else in the past year. I wonder if you believe in this sort of notion that, to your broad point about culture, we're, we're entering sort of the purpling of America, where the cities lose some people, and that's going to come at a cost to those cities. But overall, yep. the the disparity of political view evens out and whether or not you think that's that's long term healthy. I do think it's healthy. Look, purple. We, we have a we have a this a misnomer with what centricity is. I think, you know, it, we got to remember unity does not mean uniformity. Uh, I'm a, I'm a meet you in the middle centrist. And the thing is now that's always been perceived as like, oh, that's the gray area of compromise. Oh, that, that, that means you're not about anything. Now more than ever, to come together in the middle is a radical dare. It is, <laughs> you want to be <laughs> radical, come to the middle. I dare you. The extremes have gotten so far out. Um, you know, someone said to me before, there's like, yeah, nothing in the middle, but uh, nothing in the middle of the road, but yellow lines and dead armadillos. I said, Listen to you, but I'm walking down the middle of the, the highway right now, and the armadillos are running free because the extremes are so far right and left, their tires aren't even on the pavement anymore. Um, so it's a, it's a radical dare now. And, and whether it's called purple or whether it's called central, you got to remember this. In the middle, it's not necessarily a stable position. It's actually an agile stance in relation to positions on different platforms, left and right. So it's not a fence post. It's, 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 it's an agile stance that I believe is hopefully where we can head and where we're going. Yeah. I mean, you seem long-term optimistic. I know there's a, my favorite line yeah. in, in one of your, your excerpts in the book. You say the red light year of 2020 
if we work hard enough, will inevitably turn green and perhaps be seen as one of our finest hours. So how does that happen? How does it happen when we come back and start reengaging somewhere in 2021, which it looks like we're going to do? We don't snap right back. We don't live in a way where we look back at 2020 and go, oh, remember that year back there? Remember that little aberration? No, we're going through a major growing pain. And as I said at the beginning, hopefully our floor has been moved enough where we go, no, I'm a different person coming out. I'm going to go about my engagement with the world uh, because I didn't like how it's going. I don't like what got exposed in this last year. That wasn't brand new. A lot of the problems we had in this last year were not new. They just really got exposed and got the spotlight put on them this last year. So there's ultimately, we have to be optimistic about that. What's our choice? We got to look at that and go, that was a growing pain. Did we learn anything? And are we willing enough to have the fortitude and the resilience to go, yes, we did. I learned something. I learned something about myself. Did you learn something about yourself? And I'm going to take that into life, changed as a more evolved person. Don't give up on that. Don't snap right back and go, whew, we, we skipped by. We got away with 2020. Now I'm glad that's over. No. It was there for a reason. It's hardship for a reason. There was sacrifice for a reason. There's things to learn for a reason. Let's turn a page, not necessarily in the same chapter. Let's turn a page and start the new chapter. So I'm a little ashamed to ask this, but given everything you're saying and given the way in which people may be inspired by it, certainly I am, uh, how are you addressing questions about running for office? I know you've discussed it repeatedly. You've said it's a serious consideration. You talked to Al Roker just a few weeks ago. I mean, what is what is left to be said about you and public office short of filing papers or raising money? The only thing that I have to say is what I have said, and I'm not teasing the idea or anything. I'm actually trying to look it in the eye and give it serious consideration. I have a new chapter for myself and personally in my life. I believe it is in some sort of leadership role. I don't know what that role is. I don't know my category. Um, we've been talking about the why of new of leadership. And even I would say we, we, we need some we need some more good leaders. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about you out there, everyone out there. We need leadership. Um, so I'm not just talking. We, I, we've been talking about the why we need leadership. My question for me is, what's my how? Talk to you a second ago about CEOs have more more power now to influence where we go and be and make functional changes. The private sector has an incredible amount of power to change where we go from here. Well, so does politics and politicians and government officials. I'm still working on my. Uh, for me, what is my category moving forward that would be best for the most amount of people, but also best for me and my family? And those are real considerations that I'm given to where what, what my future holds. Can I get away with one movie star question before we go? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, you know, we're CNBC. We cover Wall Street and it's legend mm-hmm. on the street. Uh, the scene in Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> where your character, Mark, goes to lunch with Jordan and yeah. it's Fugazi, it's a woozy, it's a wazi, it's fairy dust. Can I get the definitive breakdown of how, <laughs> yes, exactly, of how that moment got caught on camera? Well, I mean, it was, it was one of those characters in a scene that when I first read it, I was like, whoa, this is a doozy, Fugazi, Fugazi. This, this character's <laughs> wonderfully out of his mind. And I was like, well, what if he really believes this? And so I started interviewing different brokers from that time, et cetera, et cetera. And I started ex- extending the scene and writing more things that this my character might say and do. And um, Leonardo and I do the scene. Scene's great. Before each scene, I'm banging on my chest. Mm-hmm. 
for myself. It's a relaxation technique, right? And then when we start the scene, I quit doing that and I do the scene. So we do the scene five times. We've got it. We're moving on. Leonardo's idea was he raises his hand. He goes, what's that thing you're doing before the scene where you're beating on your chest? I told him. And he goes, what if you did that in the scene? And so I said, sure. Next take. That's what you see. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, it's, it's legend now. Um, on the fun. street and beyond. Um, Matthew, I hope you'll come back and do this again because uh, we need to have conversations like this. And yeah. you are a great person to have them with. Our thanks to you. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. That was Matthew McConaughey speaking with my colleague Carl Quintanilla at CNBC's At Work Summit on March 30, 2021. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information on upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, please visit CNBCEvents.com. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.